You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. We've done it again, people. Well, we haven't done it yet, but we're going to do it again. Another jam-packed edition. This Thursday edition, we roll through the next 60 minutes up until Golick and Wingo at 6. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer Daily Poll Question, which I have to say, yesterday had about as many problems as that Iowa caucus thing that was going on. I don't know what. There had to have been some sort of glitch because the amount of drop-off that we saw yesterday was unprecedented. So hopefully we get back on the beam today. But on the agenda for this Thursday edition, well, we got right six days until the first workouts in Florida for the uh, Mets and the Yankees. We have a matter of hours before the NBA trade deadline comes up 3 o'clock this afternoon. And two perfect examples yesterday of why any glimmer of hope that you had associated maybe with the Knicks after the Steve Mills news came down shows you once again, as if you needed them, but shows you once again that you should curb your enthusiasm because the two pieces of news yesterday, in the words of Larry David, would be uh, not pretty, pretty, pretty good. So we have headlines today. We pushed that back from yesterday. So lots to do. More on Mookie Betts, all some other things as well. But let's start with the Knicks because the trade deadline, as I said, 3 o'clock this afternoon. We'll be all over it all day long. Adrian Wojnarowski going to be on with Golik and Wingo this morning. I think it's at 8.30, but I'll check on that. The sense that you get from reports involving the Knicks, is that they will be able to move Marcus Morris today. Get back something of value rather than those initial the reports that we got earlier in the week that they were thinking, no, 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 don't deal him. Let's sign him to a, a long-term or a longer-term extension. Let's not lose Marcus Morris, who has been fantastic for the Knicks. Everything that you would have wanted. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, there's a significant market for Morris, including both L.A. teams. Talk of a first-round pick, some reports of players. The headline is that the teams, there are teams that want him, and the Knicks seem like they are motivated properly to move him. But, of course, that might not be all. Morris probably, you'd have to say, is the best thing that came out of the Knicks offseason. I guess outside of R.J. Barrett, right? But R.J. Barrett was the third pick. You went into the offseason kind of hoping for higher than that. But of the free agent moves that the Knicks made, clearly Marcus Morris went according to plan. And how often, how rare can you say that about anything associated with the New York Knicks? Imagine that. You sign up to a one-year deal. You hope he builds some trade value before the deadline, and then you deal him for some future asset, either a young player or a draft pick or whatever. Now, I think it would depend on which player, but I think I probably would prefer the pick because, A, I have no faith that the Knicks can develop any young player at this stage, and it seems like they not only are going to have to find a new president, general manager, whatever, They're going to have to find a new coach after this season. I'd expect that. And my first target for a GM would likely be someone who is under contract with that job. Someone who already has that job and has proven 
through their actions, they can actually do the job. You know, someone with a good track record. Now, I really didn't get into this aspect of it yesterday, but the reason why I think the Knicks should pursue Masai Ujiri first is that it seems by all accounts, James Dolan is in love with him. Full-blown love, in the words of uh, Dave Gettleman. And Dolan not only needs to find someone who can clearly do the job, but someone he will trust that that person is right. Someone he will give the room to operate properly and not constantly be maybe second-guessing or having input or anything like that. And if, if there is one candidate who stands out in that way, who has the trust more so than the others, well then, if that's Masai Ujiri, fantastic. But you have to find out if Ujiri wants the job, how, how are you going to be able to land him. So you've just started the pursuit. So it's time to get to work. The luxury you have is you have time. The Knicks do not need to rush into anything. This season is already lost. They're not going to turn this around midstream during the season. You have the luxury of time. You should absolutely be taking your time. And for once, show a little patience. The other key to keep in mind, this will not be a quick turnaround. Chase that. You always wonder about the process. Well, we screw that up. Let's try that again. As much as he's coveted Masai Ujiri, the hurdles that it would take to get there from draft compensation to Toronto allowing him out of his contract to Masai wanting to do this, he seems that he has lost his desire to go forward and chase that. You always wonder about the process and the people Jim Dolan listens to when he makes these important hires for the Knicks. All right, so there's Adrian Wojnarowski saying that already the pursuit of Masai Ujiri, which we were talking about yesterday, and the reports at least, maybe they were completely wrong. The Knicks have been monitoring this situation. This is a guy that, that Dolan's been infatuated with this entire time. Already, 24 hours in, nah, we're good. So this will conclude our optimistic portion of the Knicks segment. <laughs> that lasted all of six minutes, almost seven minutes. We did almost seven, well, we did the open too, but we did almost seven full minutes of optimistic Nick talk. So let's move on to the negative aspects, right? Already reports that Dolan doesn't want to wait for Messiah Jerry, nor pay the compensation. His only question, and, and, and Woj kind of hit on this, his only question going into this process should be, who is the best executive I can get? And you have to wonder, with the well-documented ratings drop the NBA has seen this year, maybe the Knicks should be asking the league, or maybe the league should be stepping in so that the Knicks are saved from themselves. Do not go outside the box. This is not the time or place for unproven commodities, question marks. You are truly starting over. Start over. Don't do the same things you always do. A second example yesterday that you got of how the Knicks have screwed the pooch, as they say, is if you needed another example of that, example number 7,512. Even beyond the offseason of not getting Durant, not getting Kyrie, not getting a marquee free agent, the Grizzlies yesterday, a perfect example of how to approach things. Back in the summer, 
What did Memphis do? They made a deal with Golden State. They took on the contract of Andre Iguodala, who was making $17, $18 million. They did not make that trade for Andre Iguodala. I'm pretty sure they knew at the time Andre Iguodala was almost certainly never going to play for them. But what they did get in that deal by take by having the cap space available, like the, the Knicks did, they got back a first-round pick from the Warriors. They take on that bad contract because an asset was attached to it. Yesterday, what did the Grizzlies do? They turn around and traded Iguodala to Miami for Justice Winslow. Now, I'm not going to tell you that Justice Winslow is a superstar or anything like that. But by having the cap space and using it properly, they made two deals that came up with two assets, and all they had to do was pay 17 million or whatever portion it is of 17 or 18 million dollars to Andre Iguodala. And they get back a number one pick and a player who has been injury prone, has been hurt a lot, but he's still only one, he's only what, 23? He's one of the better defenders in the league. Now his numbers have been down this year, but last year, 12 points, five boards, four assists. That, that's a smart approach. That's the approach the Knicks should have taken rather than spending $18 million on Julius Randle. Which team used a better process in their rebuild? The Grizzlies, who turned that cap space into a draft pick and a 23-year-old player whose future is still a little bit unwritten, or $18 million for the next three years on Julius Randle. It's not just Randle, right? They spent, what, 15 on Portis, $10 million on Gibson, 7 or 8 on Wayne Ellington. Now, the fact that Iguodala got dealt yesterday, a lot of people see as good news for the Knicks' chances of dealing Morris. Let's see if it actually happens. Much like yesterday, it's not about telling me, it's about showing me. And already yesterday, you got signs that things are going to go sideways. To be infatuated with one guy, and within 24 hours, the compensation, the time spent, already moving on from who clearly is the best candidate, that should be the focus. Get somebody who's done the job, who has a track record, and already the Knicks getting in their own way. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get into the Yankees and the Mets. Some news for both yesterday. More trade deadline stuff. The poll question, which is up for today, it is on Twitter. It is at Gordon Damer, and it is baseball-related. Oof, really going against the grain here. We're going a baseball poll question uh, after a day in which the poll numbers completely tanked. I have to believe that there was a glitch on Twitter yesterday. That's what I'm going with. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But the poll question today, Pete Rose, back in the news, asking Commissioner Rob Manfred to reinstate him from the ineligible list. He and his lawyers citing the lack of punishment handed down to the Astros in their cheating scandal, right? No players punished. So our question today is, should Manfred finally reinstate Pete Rose? Either A, heavens yes, or B, hell no. I was just watching some of the highlights on SportsCenter. That uh, Chiefs parade yesterday was uh, a little wild, huh? That thing was, uh, people were out of their heads there. That barbecue is driving people nuts. They had the, the the car chase before the thing even starts. You don't see, like generally those parades, they're very, 
they're very much the same, right? They're, everybody makes speeches, guy drinks a beer, right? You know, it's a lot, a lot of the same things time and time again. And I'm not going to sit and watch it because it's not my t- – if it were my team, I'd be all about it. But if it's not your team, it's just a painful memory. It's a painful thing. Like, hey, there's another team that can win while well, my team can't. But then you have that video of that one fan who was, like, climbing a tree. His pants are falling down. That guy was a mess. Absolute mess. All right, it is Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. I feel like the poll results have already stabilized. Yesterday had to have been a glitch. It could not have been the fact, you know, sometimes you use the same topic two days in a row, and, and people are like, yeah, you know, we did that yesterday. I don't feel like doing that again. So you have to kind of it. was very it weird yesterday. It was very weird. It was a very glitchy. The numbers were off from jump. So um, today we went with Pete Rose because he was back in the news yesterday asking Commissioner Rob Manfred to reinstate him, citing the fact that the Astros didn't get punished at all. Right, The players didn't get punished at all. And even the Astros as a team really didn't get punished all that much for their cheating scandal. So our poll question for today is, should Manfred finally reinstate Pete Rose? Well, look, uh, I would not. I'll be honest. I would not. And I wish I could find odds on FanDuel about whether or not he will or won't, because that has zero shot. At this point, Major League Baseball is not going to reinstate Pete Rose. It didn't work when Rose asked for reinstatement. It was that 2015? He didn't. He asked for a reinstatement, I think, either 2017 or 2018. Didn't go anywhere. And look, I know people, and I'm sure the poll question is going to be overwhelmingly, yes, of course, let Pete have his day. He's 78 years old, blah, blah, blah. It's important to keep in mind, Pete has only himself to blame. First off, his plea of, hey, let me be back in baseball. Well, first off, he's not going to get hired back in baseball. He's 78 years old. So really what he's saying is just let me be in- inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And it's much like the the guys who did stuff that they shouldn't have been doing, the Bonds, the Clemens of the world. For me, if I were a voter, I would not put those guys in because I'm not going to have a day where I honor people who did something against the game which was clearly dishonorable. And what Pete did was the number one rule. He knew it. He did it anyway. And most importantly, what people forget is not only did he do it and get caught, he lied about it for years and years and years. T.J. Quinn has a good rundown of this. He did like a Twitter stream or whatever you call it. And because it's been 30-something years, you kind of forget some of the details. So it was not just that he bet on baseball and that Major League Baseball knew he bet on baseball. It's because he denied. Nope, not me. So T.J. Quinn detailed how when it first came down, Rose was offered two separate deals, a 10-year suspension and then one for seven. He chose the indefinite ban because it would allow him to reapply or excuse me to apply for reinstatement after a year. But the deal was he had to reconfigure his life. Pete was convinced Giamatti, Bart Giamatti, would let him back in, but then Giamatti died. Faye Vincent wasn't inclined to do it. Selig very much wanted to reinstate him, but Pete made it impossible, lying about the extent of his betting. Selig kept kicking the can down the road not approving, but also not denying the request. And then when Manfred came in, he did seem like he was 
determined to kind of do something with Pete Rose, but, quote, according to to T.J. Quinn, shortly after he took office, it was reported on the existence of a notebook that showed Pete had bet on the Reds. That was another thing he lied about. First it was he never bet on baseball. Then when he admitted he bet on baseball, I never bet on the Reds. Despite 25 years of denials, Manfred finally denied the application for reinstatement. And while it's terrible what the Astros did, and you know that I said that, to me, the punishment did not fit the crime, what Pete Rose did was worse. So I'm not going to give Pete his day in Cooperstown to be honored when he did everything wrong and never really owned up to it. Not until it kind of benefited him along the way. So I would vote no on the poll question today, but you can vote however you want. Uh, It's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Then you have spring training. Right around the corner. Can't get here soon enough. Mets report date is the 12th. No, they're the 10th. The Yankees are the 12th. Basically, it's six days until both teams have their first workout. And you just think about what an amazing offseason this has been for the Yankees. Fantastic. Not only do they set out and say, you know what? Garrett Cole is the perfect guy. If the Knicks are looking for an approach to use to solve their issues in terms of someone running the organization, they should follow the Yankees' lead. They had a goal. They set out to get it. They got the guy. Garrett Cole, the guy they've been looking for for a couple of years at least, right? That guy that can lead the rotation, a true ace, boom, right there. But not only that, the Astros take a hit, right? They'll still be good, still be a threat, but you think they might take a little bit of a step back based on the fact not even the punishment they received, but the fact that they've lost Garrett Cole. And then the Red Sox, they take a major step back, basically waving the white flag on this season. Imagine, imagine if the Yankees ever did that. Take a guy who's their homegrown guy, best homegrown player they've had in forever, MVP, top five player in baseball, and you trade him away because you weren't going to pay him. Wow. Imagine if the Mets did that. Forget about the Yankees. Forget if the Mets did that. Holy moly. So for the Yankees, with about a week to go before spring training, everything's coming up roses. James Paxton underwent a microscopic lumbar disectomy with removal of a paradiscal cyst. His approximate timeline to return to Major League Baseball action is three to four months. Ugh. Oh, boy. Already. Already. That lasted long. So Paxton's going to be out three to four months. You're hoping that it'll be May. It'll be more than likely June, right? Like these things, they always, well, we get if everything goes right, when does everything go right? And here's the deal with Paxton. It's not really all that surprising because the dude's always hurt. He, he He's pitched 160 innings once in his career. You knew the deal last year. He didn't even pitch 160 innings last year. He pitched like 150 or something like that. Now, it's usually not anything major. I would think back surgery is is pretty major, and you hope that this is it. You hope that by the time he comes back, the problem is is that they will be better equipped to overcome his loss by the time he's ready to come back. Because not only do you have Montgomery and Loisaga and you still have Hap, he should be coming back around the same time as her, Domingo Herman is, is done serving his suspension. So not great, not great news. But uh, you hope that this is it, and you hope that that the injury bug is not going to hit 
at the same rate. I mean, last year, even in spring training, it was one thing after another thing after another thing, and it just continued throughout the season. Now, look, the Yankees were able to overcome that, and I think they're going to be even better this year. But let's not go down that road again. Let's let's hope for the one kind of relatively healthy year, and that uh, by the time James Paxton comes back and you get maybe a month into his return, I say you get back into July, that that's the only major injury that you really have to deal with. It. At least let's hope so, because three months that's that's a significant amount of time. Then you have the Mets situation, right? The Mets issues Steve Cohen's bid uh, very much like the uh, Princess Bride, mostly dead. Although it doesn't seem like there's been really any movement. I kind of thought yesterday that either there would be talks of, hey, it's kind of reignited, or but maybe it's just going to take a little bit of time. It feels like a negotiation, right? Either way. It feels like here's a guy who has wanted to own a baseball team. He's clearly, it seems like by all the reports, kind of overpaying for the right to do so. And the Mets, it seems like, clearly need to sell, right? I mean, like, why would they have pursued this the way they did if they didn't need the cash. So the big thing is, if they don't get a deal done with Cohen, you would think that they probably have to get a deal done with someone else, right? Like they've always, Fred has always said that he expected that Jeff Wilpon would eventually run the team and that it's going to be in his family. But now this is the second time they've looked to, to bring somebody on board and this is the second time it's kind of fallen through. And it falls through again. Like, what's the the chances that you're going to be able to get? I get the baseball teams don't become up for sale very often, so so maybe somebody thinks that it's going to be different with them. But now you've had two separate incidents where you're trying to sell a portion of the team, or in this case, eighty percent of the team, and it, it it's you get it screwed up. You get it screwed up, and it's funny because now everybody who is telling like when the deal first came down and they said it was going to be five years, everybody who is not like an insider looked at that and said, well, that's weird. But then all the reports were, well, it probably won't be five years. It shouldn't be a big deal. These things kind of happen. It'll all work itself out. And now all those same people who told us that are now telling us, yeah, it was always going to be an issue. (laughs) Well, you, you put our mind at ease, not us. We didn't come up with this. We don't know. So the real scary thing, and I think Tim Britton of the athletic kind of hits on it perfectly where he kind of details, all right, what, what are the next steps that are going to go about here without, with, with all this uncertainty? And the real scary thing for Met fans is if Cohen, not only if he walks away, but now you're kind of back at square one and whether or not the Mets are able to find another buyer or how quickly that will come about. Here's from Tim Britton's article on The Athletic. Quote, the Mets do have a significant amount of payroll coming off the books following the season, as much as $80 million. If the Wilpons are in need of cash and can't find a buyer, the club won't be reinvesting any of that money. Plus, he also points out, the Mets did not add a single player with a guaranteed salary this offseason for 2021. doesn't exactly speak well for the financial security of the New York Mets with the Wilpons owning it. But maybe that speaks well for the chances of these talks, which they say are mostly dead, being reignited. Well, I looked down at center field and I saw it. I said, I'm going to hit the next pitch ball right past the flag ball. Well, good Lord, must have been with Is that the whole thing? Yeah, it's a little 
tough to find the Babe Ruth highlights. Today is Babe Ruth's birthday, and I always thought it was cool as a kid that Hank Aaron's birthday, like when I was a kid, Hank Aaron was the home run champ, and Babe Ruth, I'm not old enough to remember Babe Ruth, in case you're wondering. But Babe Ruth's birthday came the day after Hank Aaron's. Hank Aaron's was February 5th, and today is February 6th. So congratulations, sir. Happy birthday to the Bambino, wherever he is. Now, your moment of inspiration for this uh, Thursday morning, our poll question, which is up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. I feel confident saying that the poll question's numbers, they were, there had to be something wrong yesterday because we're almost already at the total of yesterday's vote total, and it's still only uh, 535. So please vote on the poll question there. But today is Thursday. Usually we do it on Wednesday, but today is Thursday. And right now it's time for headlines. Today's headlines. Extra, extra. All right, first story. Is the, is the music different? It feels like the music sounds slightly different to me. Maybe it's my headphones. This this jack is uh, is acting up. A lot of things just, uh, my whole body is falling apart. Maybe it's me. First headline. Inmate on the loose at Newark Airport after escaping custody. I don't know what the process is for uh, transporting inmates, but I would feel like taking them to the airport, that's just asking for trouble. First time, you know, think about how easy Dr. Richard Kimball's escape would have been if the bus carrying, they went by the train, right? But still, he had to go through the woods. If he was at the airport, he could have flown anywhere, especially back then. Extra, extra. New Jersey mayor apologizes for passing out drunk and pantless in employee's bedroom. Well, look, uh, it's not good to pass out in your employee's bedroom drunk. But I feel like we're giving him a little bit uh, too much criticism for being pantless. You want to be comfortable. Now, my question is, was he shoeless? Did he take off his shoes, too? Because, like, you're just looking to be comfortable at that point, right? If you if, if you if you can't stay awake any longer, I think that the shoes, that that's the real telltale. And it did not have it in the story. So I'm assuming he took off his shoes. And then he said, you know, this feels so comfortable. Let me take off the pants, too. Extra, extra. Oh, the coronavirus. Big news, right? It's everywhere. Every story. The coronavirus here. Coronavirus there. Huge news. Well, there was a case, the first reported case in Britain. Guy goes in, everybody's all worried. Everybody's got to, you know, quarantine him, masks, gloves, whole thing. Don't want it to spread. Good news, though, turned out he was just hungover. Imagine, imagine being so drunk that you go to the hospital and you think you have this horrible disease. No, you just had too many beers. Extra, extra. Band of herpes-ridden monkeys now roaming northeast Florida. Just northeast Florida? I kind of, if you would have told me that story and left out the state, I think I could have filled in the blanks. Extra, extra. I don't really think that that was really all that tough. Man, we're already running out of time. This week in Florida, man, and Florida man was very busy. Not just Florida monkeys. Well, maybe that's another story that we, we don't have that one. But let's be honest, right? The monkeys got it somehow. This week in Florida, man. Florida man accidentally pumps gas onto the deck of his boat. Extra, extra. You usually want to put it in the gas tank. That's usually the way you want it. Florida man accused of shooting victim he had believed had placed a curse on him. Extra, extra. Well, how, how else? A guy places a curse on you. What else are you expected to do? Florida man, not the same guy. Florida man swallowed bag of meth, nearly hits patrol car in escape attempt. Extra, extra. Oh, fairness, of course. He almost hit everything. He was on meth. Do you eat? You don't eat meth, right? I don't think that could be good for you, right? I wouldn't assume. Florida man fakes uh, being McDonald's cashier, takes order and cash. This is fantastic. This guy goes and gets a McDonald's uniform, walks in, 
I don't know. I guess nobody really realized he did not work there. He walks up to the counter, takes someone's order. They're paying in cash like it's 19. Who's paying in cash anymore? Get with the modern age, people. Whip out your credit card, stick the little thing in the slot there, and away you go. But they paid in cash, and for some reason, uh, the guy just took the cash and just ran out of the store. Good job by him. Extra, extra. All right. uh, Florida man hunting iguanas with pellet guns forces two schools to be shut down. What was he shooting? I mean, it's a pellet gun. And he was shooting iguanas. Do do the iguanas go to school? I mean, I know it's Florida, but still. Uh, Next door, Florida man arrested after hitting renter with shovel because the rent was late. I hate when that happens. Uh, Next one, Florida man punches hungry honker in Chick-fil-A drive-thru. Well, in fairness, maybe that guy had it coming, right? If you're honking in the drive-thru... That's that's a bit much. I'm not so, I'm not someone who uh, shies away from the horn under proper c- conditions, but the drive-through that seems a little extra, go into the store if you're that if you're that hungry. Don't use the drive-through. Florida man turns five hundred a five hundred thousand dollar home into rainbow nightmare to get back as his dad. Oh, that's extra, that's always extra. a sad story. Florida man shocked by taser wielding wife after requesting separation. Well, he requested it. He didn't demand it. And he probably was smart in doing that. Imagine what he would have done if he demanded it. And then finally, Florida man arrested after police find illegal narcotics in bag labeled bag full of drugs. Well, look, I mean, can't say that uh, there wasn't truth in advertising there. All right, that's going to do it for headlines for today. Coming up, we'll get your phone calls involved. More in the poll question. Mets, Yankees, Knicks, all on the agenda for you there. So uh, I had somebody uh, reach out on Twitter. Saying that uh, Mike uh, Pawizzi, I'm not sure if that's his actual name, Mike Pawizzi, but uh, thank you. Uh, he said that the poll question, the poll portion of the question has not showed up the last couple of days. Now, that's weird because when I would go to my, I have my iPad, I have my laptop, and I have my phone. When I would go to my laptop, the poll question would show up. When I went to my iPad, the poll portion would not show up. So Twitter... Maybe Twitter is the ones that are also holding uh, those caucuses out in Iowa that have got everybody all in a tizzy. Hey, here's your chance to see AEW Dynamite Wrestling on March 25th in Newark at the Prudential Center. This is the first time AEW Dynamite has been to the tri-state area, so you don't want to miss out on that. Text AEW to 44202 right now for your chance to win a pair of tickets to AEW Dynamite Wrestling with world champion Chris Jericho. And the Inner Circle tickets start at just $25 and are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. All right, so the poll question, which is up today and apparently is working fine, is that all about Pete Rose. Pete Rose asking uh, Rob Manfred, the baseball commissioner, to reinstate him from the ineligible list because the Astros didn't get punished at all. As if that that's one that carries a whole lot of weight. I feel like uh, Pete is reaching right now. So our question is, should Manfred finally reinstate Pete? Well, look, if you think that he should be reinstated, that's one thing. I know. I think t- trying to tie it into what the Astros did is a, a bit of a – you're kind of going through the uh, mental gymnastics there because what they did, while bad, while terrible, while should have been punished far greater, still do not rise to the level of Pete, what Pete Rose did. Pete Rose had his chance to be reinstated in baseball. But yet he did not take the necessary steps to do that. As we cited earlier, he had a chance to accept a 10-year ban or a 7-year ban. He decided to go with the indefinite ban, thinking that he would be able to get back in in a year. 
As T.J. Quinn points out, it was another bad bet made by Pete. But baseball told him he had to rejigger his life. He had to, you know, put things in place properly so that they could move forward and feel good about moving forward with him. And he didn't. He denied that he ever bet on baseball for forever. He denied that he ever bet on the Reds forever and just lied the entire time. So for me, and I don't really think this is an issue. I don't think the baseball, I think baseball's kind of moved on, even though Pete has not, clearly. But I think that, uh, that he does not deserve the benefit of the doubt on this. Not at all. So that's the uh, poll question that's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. We've also focused on the Knicks today because today is the NBA trade deadline. And good news, Knicks fans. It looks like a plan put in place by the Knicks is actually going to come to fruition. They're actually going to put a plan in, and it's actually going to work for a change. Hey! Yeah, we haven't used the music in a while. That's amazing. That is, that's maybe that we have to mark this date down that the Knicks actually got something right and that they're not going to turn around and, all right, get rid of the music. Not actually sign Marcus Morris to a long-term deal. No, they're going to trade Marcus Morris today. Seems like both LA teams are interested in him, especially now with Iguodala being traded to the uh, Miami Heat. So that's good news there. And it looks like the Knicks could either get back a first-round pick. Might be a lower first-round pick. It's probably not going to be a lottery pick. But still, a first-round pick for actually and, – and putting the plan in place. We'll sign this guy to a one-year deal. Hope he builds up some value and be able to trade him. So that's great news. The bad news is, is that, according to reports, the Knicks have already moved on from the pursuit of Masai Ujiri. And now it makes you wonder, there's a guy that, according to all reports, James Dolan wants to have – but he's looking at it, and it's just too many obstacles to overcome. So here's a guy that he even wants, but he's not willing to do any of those obstacles, who is clearly the best candidate. And 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 moved on within 24 hours of making the move with Steve Mills. So now you have to wonder, what route are the Knicks going to go? And based on just common sense, as well as history, it doesn't make you feel all that great. At least it doesn't make me feel all that great because the Knicks continually try to think outside the box. And this is one where it's never been more. It's been clear in the past, but it's never been more clear. Get somebody, go out there and say to yourself, who's the best candidate for the job? And go get that guy. As bad as the Knicks are, I will agree with Adrian Wojnarowski when he says that, yes, the Knicks job still has some prestige. There's a... People romanticize the Knicks job because while it's been terrible and while they're not the mecca or any of this nonsense that continually gets thrown out there, that's a high-profile job. And that's certainly, if you are able to win there, that's a more important job than most of the, the cities in the NBA. And if you could ever get that turned around to just simply respectability, you would get far more credit for that, the job you did there, than you did in, in Memphis or Oklahoma City or, or anywhere else. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. All right, let's get a couple calls in here before we get out of here and Golik and Wingo come your way at the top of the hour. Our buddy Spike is in Jersey. 
Good morning, my friend. This is a big day for the Knicks today. I think they should temporarily make Pete Rose the general manager and have him bet on what to do. It's so ridiculous. It's just so frustrating for guys like me and you and and John from Freehold and all that. But seriously, I would pile everyone in the van and and ask them where they want to be dropped off except for the two players we want to keep. And I'm not so sure on Mitchell Robinson anymore. And I would get whatever I can. I'm not so sure how much Morris is going to bring back, but it doesn't matter. Accrue all the uh, the draft picks you can get. And don't do anything stupid today. Please, nothing stupid. No more Tim Hardaway Jr. No more uh, Julius Randall deals. Just sign someone and if you can't get a point guard, I'm looking at this kid, Jalen Brunson, who's a backup for, for Dallas, and he would have been a great pick. You know, you, you never know when these these diamonds are in the rough. Yeah, I mean, I would rather, I think, Spike, for me, I think I'd rather have the pick than the player. Uh, now, it depends on what player you're talking about, but I think I'd rather have the pick than the player because, A, if I'm approaching it the way I want to, I'm going to go out and get somebody who is currently doing the job who is available. And if I have to pay some compensation as a result of that as a first-round pick, well, I got a first-round pick for Marcus Morris. Or I have two picks from, from Dallas that are going to be in the later third of the first round. So if it's me, that's the way I'm looking at it. And I'm going to just stockpile as many assets. Not that I think that you're going to get somebody based on the fact that, all right, we got all these picks. I don't think that that's why people take the job. And I think that at this point, I, I would think anybody who has a reputation and a track record in the NBA, a Sam Presti, a Masai Ujiri, it's going to be much more about the Knicks selling him on the job than him selling the Knicks. The Knicks have not shown any ability to get these things right here over the last 15 years. They continually get it wrong and they continually do the same thing. The thing that everybody says they should do, they don't do. And they look outside the box. They look to, to hire somebody who is not the best candidate. That should be the only goal here. And whether or not it is for not for, for James Dolan, the fact that already there's reports that, well, A, it was yesterday, Masai Ujiri, he's been looking at that for years. And I think that it should bear some mentioning. We touched on it earlier. The ratings of the NBA have been down so much this year. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons for that. Zion not playing Curry being out, the, the fall of the Warriors, all those type of things. Maybe the NBA, maybe this will give the NBA a little bit more, I don't know, pressure is the right word, but motivation to kind of get the Knicks out of their own way. The Knicks have continually gotten it wrong so many times. And this time it's crystal clear what they should do. And it's crystal clear this is not a quick fix. Like this idea that James Dolan doesn't want to wait for Ujiri. Okay, fine. If he doesn't feel like Ujiri wants to come here or that it's going to be, you know, four first-round picks, which is not going to be, but whatever. This should not be the, – the focus should not be, hey, let's get this done quickly. It should be let's get for – the, for the first time in forever, let's get this thing right. There is no time crunch for the Knicks. They're not making the playoffs this year. After the trade deadline today, there's no major decisions that they have to make. They should be focused on getting the right person and realizing that that person is coming in and taking over an organization that is a whole lot closer to being an expansion team than a contender. My concern is is that Dolan is looking at this, well, let's get somebody in here fast, then we'll be able to go out and get a coach, and we can really turn this around quickly and show some progress this year. I don't care about any progress this year. I don't want any progress this year. This year is sunk. It's done. It's over. 
There's nothing that the Knicks are going to be able to do to save this year. It's done. It was done from jump when all of a sudden you're deciding to hold press conferences and talking about maybe moving on from the coach 10 games into the season. There is, And that's the one benefit the Knicks have had forever. There's While there's cries from the fan base to improve and get better and, and they're sick of it and all this, the people are still showing up. They're still on board. They are the most devote, devoted, devoted fan base that is in this town and is probably in all of sports. The fact that they're still on board after 15 years of this tells you. So there's no real rush. Get through the trade deadline today, do what you got to do, and then hire the best person. Try that one for a change. All right, that's going to do it for today. The show's already done for today. So um, we will be back tomorrow starting at 5. Poll question is up. And I feel good about the uh, poll results today. Already, last uh, yesterday we had like 250 votes. Already we're at 200. So I feel confident in saying we'll be able to overcome last uh, yesterday's glitch, whatever that this was. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.